everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Obio Podcast. That's right. We have a new name. There's a new season. This is actually the last episode of the season, which um, was under the name of the 2045 Podcast. And if you want more details, you can stay till the end for this announcement. But for now, this episode is actually really exciting, right? Because it's it's the closing point. It's actually the the great ending. So I'm really excited to have Carlos Jerking here, and he's going to be sharing with us some knowledge on nanotechnology, which is something that he's incredibly passionate about. This episode um, is intended for people who are not experts in the field yet are very curious, as always, to learn. So let's get started. Thank you very much for coming to the show. It's great to have you. We've been trying to schedule this for a while and it's finally good to, you know, talk to you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sophie. <laughs> okay, great. So I guess that the first question, just for the audience to know you a little bit better, is uh, can you tell us just uh, a little bit more about what you do, you know, your story, basically? Yeah, sure. So my name is Carlos, uh, Carlos Joaquin. I'm a 16-year-old, uh, loves material science and nanotechnology. Um, I've written, uh, currently writing a physical book called 100 Nano Stories Bookmarked. I have the digital copy of it completed on medium.com. Um, so for anyone interested, I can share the link with you later. Um, and apart from that, I'm very interested in terms of materials with two materials, uh, two wonder materials called aerogel and graphene. Just a one-liner, aerogel is the world's lightest solid, graphene is the world's most conductive material. Um, so that's what I've been working on and on the side, working on the climate crew, which is a climate change uh, climate change uh, program, which is helping to mitigate GHG emissions or greenhouse gas emissions with a uh, policy reform. So that's what I've been doing on the side. And just a bonus, learning Portuguese, my third language. So that's just a little bit about, about me and what I like to do in um, in terms of my priorities. Awesome. That's why I always like to ask, because I actually didn't know that you were into uh, climate, um, well, action and those sort of things. So maybe we can talk about that too. But first, what is it about nanotech that interests you? Yeah, sure. So in terms of the, in terms of nanotech, what I like to think about it is just how something, how something also just so small is also so powerful. Um, but then if you like to, if you think about it, pretty much everything that is on the small scale, like very, very, very small, is very powerful. Like, for example, our DNA, it's very, very small. However, it's so powerful. It's basically our genetic code. It's basically what makes us. That's why maybe your eyes are brown while someone else's eyes are blue. Um, so for, and if you change it, um, you can basically have something else. And that's kind of what nanotech is. It's basically manipulating manipulating the atoms and molecules at that very, very small scale, switching them around and giving you new properties. That's what nanotech is in like a nutshell, pretty much. I love that. It was actually going to be another question. How would you describe nanotech to a five-year-old? You know, you've already mentioned uh, kind of the definition, but also can you tell us a little bit more about the field overall, you know, the different applications, maybe um, who is involved, companies, the story, I don't know. Yes, so 
in terms of explaining it to a five-year-old, I would like to think of nanotech as like very as like toys, but they're the smallest toys you could have. And basically, with those toys, you know how you get to play around with them. Maybe if they have magnets, you can like bump both of them, and then you get something new. It's like a longer, like a, for example, like um, like a Thomas tank engine train. Like I used to have those. They have magnets, and basically, when you combine them, you get a longer train. So think of it like those, like. Like a nanotech is very small, as the smallest toys you will ever have. And then if you like hook them up together, then you have something new. It's a longer train. So that's the, that's the thing with nanotech. Nanotech is basically the world's smallest toys. You get to play around with them, change change how they look, or maybe even add more toys together, and then you have something new. So for a five year old, nanotech world's smallest toys. You get to play around with them, mix them up, whatever you want. However, the word nanotech is very broad. Like there are many sectors to nanotech. Like one is nano robotics, which is the one that most people have probably heard of. It's like these small robots mm-hmm. that go into your body and you know do stuff to you. Like let's say get get rid of uh, diseases that are in your body, or maybe like a flu, or just repair some red blood cells. And for some people, they think that they're going to kill you. Um, they won't. I'll explain that later. And then there's like nano medicine, which is just basically how it sounds. It's medicine. It's, it's basically think of it as like a Think of it as like um, a boost of like a steroid for specific medicine. Nanos, nanotech is the steroid to this medicine where it can basically enhance medicine um, to actually cure better, uh, to cure harder diseases. Um, and then the one I'm more interested in is nanomaterials, which is basically just how it sounds like. It's the material, like for example, a book. A book is made out of uh, certain polymers, or just like my shirt for an example, that's polymers. The nanomaterial is basically what makes up the shirt, the material, the chemicals, um, and the large polymers that make it all up. So that's uh, that's the sector that I'm most most interested in. And those are just some of the sectors. I'm not going to cover all of them in this uh, in this podcast because there are literally I think um, like five, six, or seven that I could go into depth. However, I think those are the most important: the nano robotics, nano medicine, and nanomaterials. Okay, yeah, definitely. Actually, that was also something that I've been thinking about because, you know, it's not like I'm I'm literally know nothing about nanotech. So that's why we're having this conversation, right? But I'd heard that it's just very broad since it is like almost a fundamental technology, I would like to think about it. Like it has a lot of applications. So uh, that said, I wonder why are you specifically interested in nanomaterials? So that's a good question. So here's the reason, there's two reasons. There's two pieces to why I think nanomaterials are so important. One, they make up, they make up basically how we live. And two, we're not done yet. Um, and I'll explain the second part, but here's the first part. Um, if you think about it, the whole world is made out of material. Like for example, um, the micro, the microphone that you're, that you're using to speak, Sophie, and the table, the table that my computer is placed on. Um, down to the shirt, down to the shirt. That's also made out of material. Um, so basically, any everything is made out of materials. And if you switch and if you switch around the properties, which is the chemistry of this material, you basically get something new. It could be something hard, something hard, or it could be something very brittle. That's one example. Brittle, as in like it can break easily. Um, so like that's that's why I'm very interested. It's like. It's basically what makes, it's the fundamental of life, um, down from the skin to something like a wooden table. 
But what I mean by we're not done yet is we haven't really tapped in into all of the into the whole potential of nanomaterials because there are certain problems in this world that need new materials because we don't have the properties um, desired. Like one example is access to clean water. Well, we need a material that can filter out dirty water to have the clean water that is accessible for everyone to drink without getting infected or probably dying. Like that's just one problem. There are many others um, like uh, like uh, like renewable energies, like maybe have a new material that can actually capture solar energy. And there we go, we have clean power without having to throw uh, GHG emissions into the air. That's another one. So really, we're not done yet. We're not done yet with all the properties of the materials. And yes, you may think, but there's so many materials out there, but don't we need any more? Actually, yeah, we do. We just haven't really tapped into the specific combinations of certain uh, the certain properties and chemistry of, uh, of the materials, which is why I'm very interested. That actually makes a lot of sense. You know, like everything is made up of materials. But well, yeah, that's interesting because what we most of us don't know is that we haven't um, realized the full potential that they could have by uh, applying nanotech and combining them. So this is definitely interesting to know. And something that I'm really also curious to know, and maybe here we can talk a little bit about your projects is, um, well, you know that I'm into biotech and here like um, I think that a movement that is currently growing is DIY biology, like people um, just doing biology at home, doing biohacking, uh, community biology and so on, uh, without the need for a specific lab or academic institution. So I wonder if there's anything like this in nanotech, or if you think that maybe the field needs to be more advanced a little bit. Yes. Um, so specifically, um, I don't know all the sectors in terms of like nanomedicine and nanorobotics and nanomaterials, but specifically for nanomaterials, yes, there is a way to do something at home, um, but probably not like, you know, like having all the fancy equipment and such, um, probably not that. Um, but here's a project that I actually did. Um, with nanomaterials, it's actually a combination of nanotechnology and material science. So specifically what I did was I created something that was called Starlight, which is just basically basically a thermal resistant material. It's kind of like a paste where basically the final product would look uh, grayish. It feels like um, like clay or like Play-Doh in some way. Um, but basically, basically it, when when you put like fire fire to it, it will basically sort of um, resist resist the burn. So you could really basically just put this on like maybe an eggshell or your hand. I probably not recommend your hand because <laughs> does it work all the time? Um, not always. So wouldn't recommend it on putting you on a person. But um, if but if mixed correctly, basically you can uh, you can basically therm thermally resist um, any type of uh, thermal radiation. Or heat, um, I could maybe later in the in like a description or something. I could send you a link to the project that I did about that, and also a YouTube video just for anyone who needs a little bit more reference or just background about what is starlight and how it actually works. Um, but basically, it's black body radiation that comes out. So basically, the material once once it once fire is touched to the material, it will leave this black. It's like black scars or marks on the material and that's basically where it kind of like absorbed um, the heat and just and just radiates it back as heat, um, hence black body radiation. 
Wow, that sounds super cool. So, wow, it's also great to know that you already worked on something, like have hands on the technology itself. And um, I wonder also, so I don't know, every time I look up the world like nanotech uh, lab or nanotech itself, I, I equipment show up, you know, like these big machines that I don't know what they're used for. So uh, what sorts of techniques or you know, equipment do you use at a nanotech lab? Uh, so specifically at a nanotech lab, it really depends. Um, but I guess like for nanomaterials and I guess like for nanomessins, since at least with those two, they're kind of the same, um, is both you'll definitely use a lot of chemicals. With a nanomedicine, it could be more like bio-based where it's just more on the, on the chemicals in your body versus with nanomaterials that may be organic and inorganic. And this is where like the, the division of that line in terms of chemicals comes in. Because organic chemicals, basically they contain the element carbon in it. Inorganic chemicals don't really have carbon, uh, like a carbon element in there at all. And that's kind of what separates um, the living and the non-living is basically any living material has the, has the, uh, the element carbon in it. Anything that, anything that doesn't have the element carbon we consider inorganic, like, uh, like basically like books, um, books, or maybe even like pencils, those, uh, except graphite, the graphite in a pencil does have carbons basically made out of carbon, but like those types of things, um, anything that doesn't move or breathe, <laughs> that, that most of the time doesn't have carbon. Um, so that's where the line comes in in terms of, uh, chemicals is depending on what you're working on. If you're working on materials, most likely you'll be working with inorganic, basically elements or material chemicals that don't have carbon. And if you're working more like nanomedicine, you will have chemicals that will have the element carbon in it, which is organic. That's the line for chemicals. But in terms of equipment, uh, most of the times, the most common one is actually a scanning electron microscope um, with there, because think about it. When I remember when I go back to the example that nanotech is just basically like little toys that you can play around with. Well, that's what the electron microscope does. You basically allow the material, you basically allow the microscope to grab to literally like grab the atom and then move it around because we can't really use tweezers to grab atoms mm -hmm. um, because it's impossible. So you need something that is literally at that level to be able to grab it up and play around with the atom, hence the toy in as a fifth grader would probably call it or a five-year-old would say. Mm -hmm. So basically these materials that you would mostly, these equipment that you would mostly find is basically, you know, the tools to play with the toys. Enhance this is the atoms or the nanotech. That definitely answers like a question that I've been having for a long, long time. Because yeah, not only the equipment, but actually this question of like, if nanotechnology is like so small and nanoscale, blah, 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 then how do you actually manipulate it? And can you use like your hands? Obviously you can. So, uh, so just to confirm, like the electron microscope actually uh, allows you to manipulate atoms and uh, apart from seeing them? So in terms of by manipulate, I, I probably just want to clarify a little bit. In terms of manipulate, I mean just like being able to move them because like, okay. think of it like this, like right now, like if I were to grab an atom with my hand, like I can't, like they're too small for my hand to grab. So you need, so basically this guy electron microscope, it's like a little laser that you can grab and it's just like, it grabs the atom and allows, and allows you to move it. And if you want to create something new with it, then simply just move the atom to, to a new place where you actually want it to be in maybe a material or maybe like a medicine. And there you get a new property. So 
that's basically how it is. You grab, you get the laser, grab the atom, and then play around with it until you get whatever you want. So basically the equipment is just like your, the tools to play with the toys, kind of like that. Amazing. Now, I another kind of question out of curiosity is, what is one lie about nanotechnology that people often believe Um, we were previously talking, you know, um, before recording the episode that sometimes people say like, oh, nanotechnology is going to, I don't know, annihilate humanity or it's going to create things that we cannot control. So maybe going down that route, uh, what is something that people believe? Mm -hmm. So I think it's better to go with the, with the most common ones than a more specific one. So I think like the first one is it's not going to kill you. Um, so what I mean by this is like nanomaterials, um, nanomaterials, I'm not really concerned about that. Maybe just make sure not to keep them, make sure that a two year old is not going to eat them. That's pretty <laughs> much that. I think that's a, that's kind of agreed. But in terms of nano robotics, I think that's the one that most people always think about it. Oh, robotics, someone controls them. Someone could move them. Someone can manipulate them. What if they're inside? Me? So I think that's, that's the nano robotics and nano medicine. Those are the two that everyone's most scared about because there, we can't really do anything about it. Once it's in us, well, good luck. So I think there, what we have to do is this. With nanorobotics, no, they, they're only going to be programmed what they are to do. Like, they're only going to do what they were meant to do. Um, but specifically for nanomedicine, yes, you have to also be a little bit careful um, when sort of making the medicine because, you know, let's say you get the combo incorrect combination of the atoms incorrect then yeah that medicine is going to screw you up so with there it's this you always have to just make sure that's that's really more on the on the on the scientists and the the people who create the medicine that's more on them than on the patient but also the patients just be a little bit more careful of like which medicine is actually a little bit how do i know it's safe and such so i think there it's not really more on uh It's more on the, it's more on how we do the process and what equipment we're using to make sure we actually get this right, rather than on is the actual product going to kill me. Um, so I think it's just more on improving our equipment and just making sure that we actually have what we, what we desire to have for the patient. Um, because then again, we're trying to, we're trying to serve society a favor with nanotech. We're not trying to uh, give them the wrong, the wrong, uh, uh, the wrong medicine or the wrong, uh, the wrong code on the robots or anything else. So I think that's that's my take on that. Okay, so you wouldn't worry about, you know, privacy issues, like, I don't know, the, whoever created the nanobots collecting information or those sort of things? So yes, uh, there, is a, there is a section where it's more like, you don't want anyone to take your genetic code because I think maybe here's one thing in the future that I could think that probably would be a big issue is nanotech could also be probably used against it. I wouldn't be, I'm not really afraid of, uh, of like, you know, wrong people making the wrong medicine. What I'm actually more afraid of is like people hacking probably the nanobots that could be in your body in the future, because yeah, if they can hack in that, then yeah, you're in real trouble because they can basically, you know, they can just kill whatever they want in your body. Um, they could mutate, they can mutate, uh, mutate your genetic code. They can cause a mutation if they want. Um, and yeah, that's, a, that's another way of biohacking in some way. Um, That's another form of biohacking, but also with the robots, they could also, yeah, just like, you know what, let's just copy your genetic code. Maybe do like a screenshot of it and then there you go. <laughs> then yeah, that's that's the thing is 
we have to sort of see like what's the ethical what's the ethical standpoint and that's the two problems with nanotech that we have right now is the ethics like where do we make the line and the economics is like is this uh is this profitable is this actually going to be useful so those are the two main things in nanotech and nanomaterials is the ethics and the economics and the nano robots and the biohacking that falls more to the ethics is okay if we make them who's going to be responsible if something goes wrong um how do we make sure this there's no biohacking or no it's cheating of genetic code or something so that um i don't live in the future so i don't know how that's <laughs> going to work out but i guess my best take on that is for me for me i would definitely be a little bit more careful is um i wouldn't i wouldn't trust the you know like government on this it would probably have to be somewhat something else um cuz uh at least for me is uh, i've noticed that with the government with the government's a little bit sketchy cuz i don't want my information you know going away and that's why i also had concerns with them um, with other apps like whatsapp i didn't want you know my info to be taken um, especially after that update so for me is i wouldn't trust uh, anything that's bounded by the government i probably have a you know like a private company um or something like that definitely that make sure is actually in control of if i do have to share personal information like it could be genetic code or whatever um so that would be my take on it is just don't make sure this company is uh, has ties to the government um I'm, i'm not the biggest fan of that me personally someone else could have their different opinion on that but that's just my take on it yeah, for sure and to diving a little bit into the future of nanotech you mentioned like oh in the future people could i don't know hack these nanobots in your body and do whatever they want so what are some maybe crazy applications of nanotech that you've heard of maybe not crazy in the negative sense but in the positive one yeah so i think we touched a little bit on the negative so i guess like in terms of uh, the benefits of having such a such nanotech and such is obviously with the nano robots going on to the positive side well yes um you don't need you don't need to wait like uh, you don't need to schedule an appointment you don't need to go to the doctor they'll nanobots um just tell them what they need to get done and then they'll do it for you nanomedicine way more powerful so like um with like the covid shots we had to get two in order to get the proper dose with nanomedicine you could probably enhance that you don't even need maybe maybe you just need a quarter of both doses to get the job done like it's it's like is that powerful you don't need to you, we don't need to produce uh like uh ghg emissions because even with the chemic the chemistry industry we still need to produce a lot of um we still produce some amount of ghg emissions in order to get a or produce the energy and or create these chemicals and such. So that's uh in terms of indirect emissions. Um that's just a another sense of that. Um so definitely with hell hell yes more powerful um and definitely uh less emissions. So it's it's all in the balance. And with nanomaterials it's very new properties. So like you can basically have transparent metals um like uh, aluminum oxynitrite which is basically hard is very hard but it's very transparent. or like very very good transparent and then there are some other things like superman abilities with nanomaterials like one with aerogel one of them is a uh, being like very light so basically you could maybe in the future you could probably lift a car but it's like you know very light and another one is a uh, thermal insulation so basically if someone were to try and light you on fire you can't because thermal resistance that's pretty much uh, what aerogel's kind of you know known for in the media is you can be ba- you can basically throw fire on it and you won't you know burn up that's one. Um and then with graphene which is the other one is very electrically conductive. So like maybe large supercapacitors or maybe even like large batteries basically so conductive that you could basically charge a charge a whole a lot of uh, power in the world or just retain a lot of energy and 
um, someone, Nyla, Nyla's also working with graphene quantum dots for a solar panel. And uh, for me, that's very interesting. And that's also the another ability of graphene is be able to get collect as much sunlight and also create into energy. So that's pretty cool for me. Awesome. I really like the properties of uh, aerogels, like not being able to burn them or and being very light, that sounds incredible. And also like what you mentioned about batteries, it sounds like the future of our electronic devices somehow. So thanks for sharing that. And now to get to know you better, tell us more about your 100 Nano Stories blog. How did that idea arise and how has it evolved, you know? So, so I'll give you, I guess, like the big picture first. So basically for me, I was thinking, okay, like my original look was uh, was space technology. I mean, uh, that's kind of, you know, what my personality was centered as a child. Um, like, I think I think as a child, like, you know, you either center yourself either with uh, sea animals, trucks, or uh, like space. So um, <laughs> I think that's like the four personalities any kid would share. Um, but when I realized that, okay, when I looked more into the space debris problem, I realized that we don't really have anything that is actually suited enough, suited to actually get rid of the debris in space, considering there's 130 million pieces that are smaller than a penny. But if they were to hit a spacecraft, they can do serious damage, um, like uh, kill someone. Um, that's how bad. So with that, I realized, okay, then we don't have any materials that have properties in order to stop these small materials that are going like, um, they're going very fast. I don't have an exact number um, at the top of my mind, but they're going pretty fast. Um, so with that, I realized, okay, then what what can we manipulate at the very small scale to solve that very small problem? And that's when nanomaterials showed up. However, I realized that, well, it's COVID. I don't have access to a lab. Um, and then there's like, but it's very hard to do a project with that. So I realized if I can't do a project, then the only other way is, you know, like, maybe even like, just like get the basics down. But when I realized when I was doing that, I realized, well, there still isn't a project I can do, but then I remembered something that my dad said, which was um, when I when I started learning stuff, I used to just like teach, try and talk to someone else about it and try and teach it. So with that, I said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna try and teach uh, the nanotech and see where that gets. Um, and that's where 100 nano stories came from. And I didn't expect it to go the way it did. It was just more like, you know, like a collection of notes that I could use in the future. So at the same time, like I realized, well, if I'm going to save these notes for myself later in the future, if I have to come back to them, then, you know, make them high quality. Don't just make it like, you know, a dump of like a junk of notes. So at the same time, I was like teaching myself and others while creating this. And now I'm thinking, you know what, I think this is actually going to be a good project to turn into a book on like nanomaterials and such because this the aerogel market is expected to blow up the next 10 years so right now i think the market cap is around 250 million 300 million and i'm getting around by 2030s it should be at around 800 ish million so for just one little material that's the world's lightest solid the market value is going to be 800 million so that's a lot that's a lot to grab so for me it's like okay if that's how powerful nanomaterials are like literally a billion dollars just for one little piece of uh, aerogel, then yes, this is worth it. <laughs> so I think that's why for me, I want to keep going with nanomaterials and continue teaching it because I think it's very powerful, um, the nanomaterials. Awesome. Yeah, like 
teaching is the best way to learn sometimes as well and the fact that you are you know sharing this with people I because for everyone listening like I've read a couple of those stories like not the hundred one of them because um yeah well yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it, it's yeah. like a lot <laughs> but um I think that they're written in a way in which everyone can understand them they also go a lot through the fundamentals of the technology like the chemistry part and so on so I think that really anyone anyone can get a lot of value and learn a lot from that. <laughs> Finally, um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into the field, of course, apart from reading 100 nano stories? And yeah, they're probably, I don't know, young or whatever age they have, but they know nothing about nanotech. Mm. So I think the first thing is um, stop thinking of it as nanotech because once you find out that it's, you know, there's many sectors of it, your, per- your perception of what nanotech is will change. So for anyone thinking, ah, oh, nanotech is, you know, a bunch of robots and such, yeah, that's not it. Um, but like this talk kind of gives you like, okay, there's actually branches of nanotech. Yeah. But I would say definitely explore each one of them because while well, yes, they're all at the very, very, very small, they all have a different, they all have different potentials. And identifying which potential you want to go into, that's another thing. So. First thing is identify, stop thinking of it as nanotech and actually explore each of the sectors. Um, and then the next thing what I would say is, okay, um, with nanotech it's a little bit more complicated because you know there's chemistry, there's physics, there's engineering, there's mathematics. Um, so with that I would say is don't try and jump into a project just yet. Definitely get the basics down, but I don't mean, you know, do four or five years of basics. No one needs to do that. Um, I only did five, six months. Um, of the basics, I'm still learning, but um, but like in terms of you know just like sitting down and like learning, learning, don't do that for like the entire time, just five six months. Grab the basics down, and then actually, f- and then with that, teach it. I think for me, this is my, I might be biased, but um, definitely teach it because it will not only a teach you, teach you, teach you. Okay, can I explain this more? Like, can I can I explain this in simpler terms, or do I not really know? So that's like your feedback loop. Definitely get a feedback loop. Um, try and do things as publicly, like try and do everything that you do in public so that people can actually give you feedback on the spot. Because the other reason why I decided, you know what, I want to write this digital book is because anyone can give me feedback on the spot. Whereas in a project, you know, you're kind of building it until you're done. Then everyone's like, oh, you could have, I could have told you this earlier. Like, no. So it's much better to do things, do things as much as you can, like in public where everyone can give you feedback or say, I love it going or oh there's something wrong here just fix it there you go building in public i think that's actually one of the best pieces of advice that people can get from this episode too since it's you know very applicable to anything to any area so even if you're not interested in nanotech you can uh just go ahead and apply that getting feedback and then iterating quickly right Okay, then thank you so much for being here, Carlos. I really appreciate your time that you shared with us, your story about 100 nano stories too, and told us what nanotech is in a nutshell. All right, thank you. Thanks so much, Sophie. Alright, that was it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. But before you go, I have a brief announcement. You may have noticed it already. This is now the O-Bio podcast. So 
this episode in particular was the last one of the first season, which was focused on exponential technologies as a whole. You know, blockchain, artificial intelligence, a little bit of biotechnology. But now, the second season makes me really excited because it's going to focus and specialize on biotechnology. That is right, tech, bio, biotech, synthetic biology, um, bioinformatics, cellular agriculture, and many other areas of life sciences. So there are going to be amazing guests and I can't wait to start this new season. I'll see you in the next episode of the O-Bio Podcast.